Amen. If you have your Bibles with you tonight, go with me to the book of Proverbs, chapter 16. Proverbs, chapter 16. Proverbs, chapter 16 tonight. Proverbs, chapter 16. You got it? Say praise the Lord. Verse 4 says, The Lord hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked, for the day of evil. Father, for the next few moments here tonight, I ask you to use me as but a mouthpiece for the Holy Ghost, Lord. I pray that you would give us the spiritual ears to hear your voice in this word tonight. Give us the spiritual eyes to see the path as you lay it out before us. And the godly wisdom, Lord, to walk in that path. We thank you and we praise you for it. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Praise God. Brother Edward, give me Isaiah 45 and 7. Brother Quick, Amos 3 and 6. Go ahead when you get it. 45 and 7 of Isaiah. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Amen. So in the column there beside uh, 16.4 Proverbs, you need to put Isaiah 45 and 7. Yes, there are many more scriptures that apply to this that the Lord created evil. He created evil for the day of evil. Now, Amos 3, 6. Hmm. Amen. Thank you, brother. Shall there be evil in the city? And the Lord hath not done it. Amen. Okay, now I'm going to ask you a question tonight. We're going in a different direction than you probably think at this point. The title of the message tonight is, Who's in Control? Let me ask you a question. Let's just take a closer look at it. What's the book of Revelations? What is it? Okay. Huh? Well, let's just take a look. What is what is Revelations? Revelations is the revealing of all the things that are going to happen. The book of Revelations is about things that have happened, but mostly it is things that are yet to come. There are some instances in Revelations of things that have already taken place because we're well into the book of Revelations now in our walk. But most of the things still in Revelations are, that are in Revelations are still to come. Now, while we think about that a second, didn't God tell John to write down the ending? Didn't he tell him? 
the words that you hear, write them in a book. What is the absolute unchangeable thing in this life and in the next? The what? The written Word of God. The written Word. Once it became written, it's unmovable. You hear about the Lord saying, I repented me of the evil that I thought to do to you, and did it not. That happened before it was written. Once it was written, there ain't no moving it. God himself is bound by his word. And his word is bound and cannot be changed for anyone for any reason. Once it became written word, that which is written is written and it cannot be changed. It cannot be altered. Cannot be moved. It is the written Word of God. He said, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my Word, which is the written Word, will not pass away, will never pass away. So he told John, write these things in a book and close them up to the end. Okay, now, so what I want to talk to you tonight about is something that the Lord has just been pressing on me and pressing on me and pressing on me. And I'm just going to preach it out, praise God. And as long as He keeps pressing it on me, I'm going to keep pouring it on you. Brother Quick, you seem like a pretty intelligent fella, despite what Sister Shelley said about you. Amen. You seem pretty intelligent, seem like a pretty, pretty smart fella. Well, that's good, because I stayed at that same hotel. Worked for me, too. Praise God. We're quite possibly two of the smartest men in the world. I want to ask you a question. Won't you give me a, want you to give me a real good educated answer? She said, did I say that out loud? Hey, I just want to ask you a question. Do you think that there's anything you can do or anything that anyone you know can do or anything that everybody you've ever met in this entire life can do to change the book of Revelations? Do you think there's anything they can do to change exactly what's going to happen? Can they change or alter it in any way? So what you're telling me, do you, let me ask you a question, do you believe we're in it? Do you see us in the book of Revelations right now? We're in it right now. Okay. Let me ask you a question. It's a big scary thing going on right now called this election. Scary stuff. Scary, isn't it? Is it? Wait, 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 wait. Let me just stop you right there. You're going to have to lean on some of that Holiday Inn wisdom now. I'm trapping you right now. You see, I just trapped you in a hole right here. Let me ask you a question, brother. Is there anything you or anybody you've ever known can do to change the book of Revelations? 
Change anything in it. I mean anything in it. No, I'm, I ain't talking about that. That's, that's, no, it don't matter what they change. You ain't going to change that. No one. Really? God can change it? Okay, there you go. Uh-huh. Okay. 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 So, do you believe we're in the book of Revelations? Okay. Okay. So, we're in the book of Revelations. Okay. We're in the book of Revelations. Everybody, everybody believe that. We're in it. It's a fact. It's not a, not a trick question. We're in it. You can clearly see we've already entered into the last to the last phase of this world, this life. Okay. You just decreed and declared, and I concur with your great wisdom, that there is no changing the book of Revelations, nor any part of it. Everything in it's going to happen exactly like he said it's going to happen. Is there anybody you can put in the White House going to change that? Is there anybody that could ever run for president in any from from another planet anywhere and nothing anybody whoever be it human or alien or whoever it is if Satan himself ran for president could he change what the book of revelation says is going to happen could he do it could every angel from hell change what's going to happen in the book of Revelation? Could every angel in heaven change what's going to happen in the book of Revelation? Can God Himself change what's going to happen in the book of Revelations? It cannot be changed. Are we in agreement? What's that got to do with it? The Bible says the days have been shortened. Except the days be shortened, the very elect would not be saved. No flesh would be saved. So because of this... The days have been shortened. That's already happened. Now, so there is nothing that can change it. But I want to show you what the Lord's been showing me is happening to His people. Though we are part of a much higher walk, we still are suffering from humanitis. Do you know what itis means when you're talking about metal terms, medical terms? Inflammation. We're suffering from a very bad case of humanitis. Our humanity is swollen and we cannot seem to get past our swollen humanity to the core of the being that we truly are. We are not of this world. We, our, our conversation, which in the Word of God means citizenship in that particular verse, our citizenship is in heaven. But I want you to understand tonight who is truly in control of all this. What does it matter? There's nothing makes me want to beat my head against a tree than making a woman the president of the most powerful nation on this planet. That is a slap in the mouth of God to me. And it makes me want to scream. But then God keeps coming to me and saying, What's the problem, son? What's the problem? He said, Look, man, you didn't get your head right because you're going to have to help them get their head right. i got to have somebody go talk to my people and tell them, Hey, get your head right. Listen. 
None of this stuff matters. And we got to get past this. Because this is all a smoke screen. We all talk about what the devil's going to do. The devil did this. The devil did that. What the Lord would have you to understand tonight is, let me tell you something. There's no big war going on in heaven between heaven and hell. There ain't no big war going on, folks. He created the devil for the day of evil. He created evil for the day of evil. He created him. The angels were formed. They are not like God. Let's get some more scriptures. Lamentations 3.38. Brother Jay, Lamentations 3.38. Sister uh, Sharon, Amos 4, 12 and 13. Sister Erica, Joel 2 and 25, please, ma'am. Sister Shelley, Revelations 1, 8. Sister Hoy, Jeremiah 10, 23. Brother Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11. Brother Noah, Proverbs 20, 24. Okay, let's go ahead and get some scriptures. Lamentations 3, 38, go. Come on. Out of, the, out of the mouth of, Mo, of the Most High, perceiveth not evil and good. Come on. No. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, sorry about that. I saw I was looking at the next scripture. Okay, perceiveth not evil and good. It was a question, and it's, it's declaring that it, evil and good comes from the Lord. Okay, Amos 4, 12 and 13. Who's got it? Amen. That's the 13? Amen. See that? God does it all. He makes the morning darkness. He makes the darkness light as the noonday. Amen. He creates darkness and He creates evil. Praise God. He creates darkness. He creates light. He creates it all. Amen. Okay, who's got Joel 2.25? Come on. Uh-huh. Yep. My great army, which I sent among you. See, everything don't always have to be from the devil. See? He said, I'll restore to you the years, the years that were stolen. What were the, how were they stolen? Well, he just declared right there. By the canker worm, the palmer worm. He said, my great armies that I sent among you. My great army. These were his armies, not Satan's armies. He sent them. God's in control of everything, folks. He's in control of everything. And when you're yoked up with God, the devil ain't got no chance at you unless the, de- unless the Lord himself turns him loose on you. I mean, listen, man, you, you're not just open game until you... And listen, when you step outside of the covenant, that's when you're in trouble. That's when the devil can have a, a, a free free reign or free shots at you. But as long as you're in covenant, and let me tell you something, that also depends on the circumstances. But you do lose the power of God when you're outside of covenant. You make mistakes and God sees that. That don't mean he's just automatically going to turn the devil loose on you either. 
But God will sometimes allow, just as he did with Job, the enemy to come in and, and try you. However, the message tonight is, who's in control? Who's really in control? Well, who's in control of your life? God needs to be in control of your life. God needs to be the one in control of your life. And you are the one that needs to give Him that control. Absolutely, unreservedly, control. Okay, who's got the next one? Revelations 1.8. See that? He's the beginning. He is the ending. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the one which was and is to come. Well, let me just ask you an educated question, folks. You tell me how Jesus can write down in detail every single thing that's going to take place from now until the very end of this world, until the last moment of the world. Exactly how it's going to happen, exactly how it's going to go, exactly the timing of, of it, exactly how every situation is going to come into play. This ain't going to happen one second before it's supposed to. That's not going to happen one second after it's supposed to. Every single thing in that book is going to come to pass exactly, precisely, to the micromillimeter, to the to the hypersecond, exactly like he said it would. It's almost as if it's already happened, isn't it? When you look at the Word of God, it's almost as if this has already happened. <laughs> and he wrote it in a book. And we just went back in time living it out. That's how omniscient God is. Because this has already happened in His mind. This has already happened in His mind, in His, His wisdom. He sees it exactly like it's happened. It's already happened. And God goes through and, and, and does that many, many times in the Bible. Many, many times in the Bible. The Lord refers to things as though they've already happened. So precise. So precise. Just like when he told, just like when he told his servant, Peter. Jesus, I'm with you. I'm with you, Lord. Oh, Lord, I, I'm with you. I'm with, they got to kill me. Oh, they got to kill me. I'm with you, Lord. I'm, I'm going with you, Jesus. They're going to have to kill us both. And Jesus looked at Peter and he said, This very night, before the cock crow, you shall deny me thrice. How do you know that? Talked to a man one time that he had spent time with under a juniper tree. <laughs> Told him everything he did. Uh-huh. Let me tell you something, folks. There ain't no guess to this ending. There's no guessing what this ending is going to be. 
There's no guessing what the outcome's going to be. There is no guessing what your outcome's going to be. You have, a, you have some, you have some uh, input in that. You have input in that. You can either go the way of the Lord, or you can go the way of the enemy. If you choose not to follow closely, by default you will go with the, the devil. You will end up with the enemy. But as far as the outcome of all these things, they're going to happen just like he said it would. And let me tell you something, folks. There's not anything you can do that's going to change that Bible. Nothing you can do. The only thing you can change is you. And let me tell you something else you might be able to change is somebody else's eternal residence. We're going to take a look at that in a little bit. Okay, Jeremiah 10:23. Come on, see that? Think about that. Listen carefully to that. Think about that a minute. What? You know what the Bible's telling us right there is, the Lord didn't even put it in you. It's not in man. It's not built into man to direct his steps. Because what would happen then is insubordination. It's not in you to direct your steps in this path. You're going to have to come to one that built the path. You're going to have to come to one to reveal the path. Let me tell you something, folks. Just as this cloak, just this technology that's coming along, as I told you about at the beginning of this thing, this cloaking cloth that makes man invisible. And I'm going to tell you, it makes, it makes people invisible. You can wave that cloth in front of your buddy. I mean, it just shows this right here behind you. That's amazing. That's what's amazing to me. It bends the light around you, and you can still see if something's moving behind you. You can show it up here and, and block this all out, and you can still see that moving behind you, whatever it is. It bends the light. It's nanotechnology. But let me tell you something. That's new to man. That ain't new to God. God's in a whole different zone, man. When, when, the Elisha, when, when Elisha told the Lord, reveal it to open his eyes where he let him see, well, he took the cloak off. And he let him see all them, all them thousands and thousands of angels sitting in them chariots up there all over the place, fiery chariots, man. And he said, many more are they that are with us than with them. When the, when the, when the uh, uh, little servant of Elisha was sitting there looking at all them enemies down there in the valleys, filling those valleys up, Freaked him out. How shall we do? Huh. Lord, and, and, and Elisha said, more are they that were with us than they that are with the enemy. You know what that told me? That told me that Elisha saw in that zone. He saw in that realm. If he knew to tell that boy, open, if he knew to tell the Lord, open his eyes and let him see. Let him see what I'm seeing. Because he told him, many more are they that are with us than with the enemy. Open his eyes and let him see. What a great thing. All of a sudden, man, he looks and sees on every hill, man, angels and fiery chariots, buddy, and horses pawing the ground, ready to go. Praise God. Let me tell you something, folks. You wasn't riding in that truck by yourself today, brother. Amen. You wasn't, wasn't no strange thing. There was no truck. 
Amen. Because there was an angel up the road. Praise God. Just like that in the story of Balaam riding that little donkey. There was an angel up the road. He said, hold up there, trucker. You're not going nowhere. You need another cup of coffee. Go back in there. Somebody's calling you on the cell phone. You need to sit there here. You need to answer a text. You ain't pulling that truck out of here right now. He was guarding that gate. Because I got a servant down here. Amen. That's good suspicion to go through a little test here. And you just hold your course right there. You hold the traffic up there. Amen. Until my servant gets done. That's the God we serve. Hallelujah. Bible said he'd go ahead of you, make the crooked places straight. Praise God. Amen. So, hallelujah. Who's got that next scripture? Listen carefully. It's not in man that walketh to direct his step. Who's got the next one? To give you a what? An expected end. We expect it. We expect the right end because we're going to follow it just like it's it. And you know what? I don't, I don't walk around wondering, hoping this thing is right. I walk around knowing this is right. If I don't line up to it, there's no question where I'm going to be. I know, amen, what it's going to take to make it home. Amen. Let me tell you something, folks. Don't be, don't be confused. I know that I know that I know that this Bible is real, it's right, it's true, and if I don't line up with it, I know where I'm going to be. There's no question in my mind whether I might make it. I know without a doubt, if I don't line up with this Bible 100%, I will not make heaven and I'll be in hell for eternity. There's no question. There's nobody that's immune from it. There's nobody. No one. If I turn from this, the Bible says, if a righteous man turneth from his righteousness and commit iniquity, then his righteousness shall not be remembered, and his righteousness will not deliver him in the day that he committeth iniquity. Tell you, folks, God's trying to get our attention tonight. Okay, Proverbs 20 and 24. Who's got that? Proverbs 20 and 24. And Sister uh, Sister Kathleen, give me Proverbs 21 and, tw- and 1. 21 and 1. Proverbs 20 and 24, come on. A man's goings are what? Of the Lord? A man's goings are of the Lord. Read it again, the last part. How can a man then understand his own way? A man can't understand it because his goings are of the Lord. Didn't say a righteous man, said a man's goings are of the Lord. Let me tell you something, folks. You don't take a step. You don't take a step without God. You ain't going to do nothing in this life that's going to affect anything God's got going on. You may, when you take a step, it's in parameters set by God. Yeah, you're not going to do anything that's going to upset what God's got going. Ain't nobody going to get no time machine and go back and correct some or do anything like that. It ain't going to happen because God ain't going to allow nothing like that. Amen. It ain't, I'm going to tell you something, folks. It ain't that you couldn't do it. It ain't that you couldn't go back. I guarantee you there's a way God could put you back if He wanted to because He translated people all the time. Amen. Huh. He translated uh, 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 
Philip. Amen. He was gone all of a sudden with the eunuch. He was disappeared and boom, all of a sudden he's on the other side of the world, man. <laughs> it ain't like God couldn't send you back if he wanted to. Okay, come on. Proverbs 21 and 1. Listen to this. Whithersoever he will. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Folks, even the king's heart. The king's heart is in the hands of the Lord as the rivers of water. He turneth it whithersoever he wills. He can make you stand on your head and quack like a duck if that's what he wants to do. There's not anything he can't make you do. There's a whole lot of things he doesn't make you do, but it ain't because he can't. Never misunderstand, never ever mistake kindness for weakness. You are absolutely under the control of God's hand. That doesn't mean you're doing God's will all the time, because the wicked do wicked things. But let me tell you something, you're never going to be out of God's reach where He can't snap you up and smash you like the bug we are. I'm going to tell you something, folks. You ain't never going to be out of God's reach. And He don't have to reach far to get you neither. He can make you do a duck walk straight to Him. He can make you put your face in the floor. He can make you stand on your head if that's what He wants to do. And there ain't a thing you can do about it. But He gives us opportunity to willingly follow His Word. Paul said, I preach the gospel. He says, willingly. For if I do it unwillingly, then there's but a dispensation of the gospel given unto me. He said, hey, but if I do this willingly, and he said, woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. He said, but if I do it willingly, then there's a reward. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, as the rivers of water. Let me tell you something, brother. That's kind of right, but that's kind of not right. Because let me tell you something. God pondered the hearts. He looks upon the heart. And if somebody's been on wickedness, he'll use it and exploit that. Let me tell you something. Before they got in power, they already made some decisions. See, they're either put in power by God for His purpose, or they're put in power, allowed in power by God for His purpose. He created evil for the day of evil. And so understand, the king's heart is always in the hands of the Lord, and he turneth it with a sword he wills. So if a... If, a, uh, if, if one of these presidents or whatever, whichever one God has already a million years ago decided is going to be in the White House, he's going to be in the White House. Well, the Bilderbergers make those decisions. Yes, they do. But let me tell you who's in control of the Bilderbergers. They think they're in control, but God's really in control. There's nothing that's not under his control. He's not worried. He's not freaking out. He's not panicking. He's not scared. He's not broke. He's not disillusioned. All these people that think all these things matter and all these things that they're doing is going to change stuff, there's a reason why 
why knowledge is increased. Gosh, it's almost like God put that in the book too. Knowledge shall be increased. Wow. Do you know my knowledge has been increased in the Word of God? wonder who's responsible for that. God's responsible for that. Your knowledge is being increased in the Word. wonder who's responsible for that. God's responsible for that. Amen. He led you here. Amen. Because, let me tell you something, God was drawing you, drawing you, and listen, He allowed you to feel that, that dryness. He allowed things to go stale in your life, go stale where you were, because He was trying to get you here. Amen. Where He could water you and feed you, and you become like a watered garden. Amen. And He needed to get you where He wanted you, where you were designed and, and positioned to be. God has everything under His control. And He knew these things a long time before we got to them. There's not anything you're doing that's taking God by surprise. Do you think there is? Do you think that you're surprising God by your decisions you're making? Do you believe that God is a sovereign God? Do you believe He's all-knowing? Do you believe that the God that knew every decision man was going to make in his life. He knew everything that, that, that man were going to do. He positioned them that way to make certain decisions. He caused governments to go a certain direction. He caused secret societies to come up. He caused this and that to happen. Everything is orchestrated to bring this to an expected end exactly like it's written in the book. Exactly like it's written in the book. Everybody believe that? You ain't buying that, are you? Huh? You believe it? How many of you think of yourself as really, really big, really, really important? Are you important? I mean, man, are you all that? I mean, all that? Let me ask you a question. If he knew every decision that every king, if he knew every decision, if even the king's heart is in his hands as rivers of water, that he turneth it whithersoever he wills to turn it. If he knew every step they'd take and everything they would do to bring them to the exact end that he wants them to come to, do you really think he didn't know the decisions you were going to make in life? Do you really think that we took him by surprise? I mean, do you really think that we're that sophisticated, that we caught him off guard? Yet the devil's right there to beat your brains out every time you make the slightest mistake and tell you, oh, dear God, you've done it now. Oh, Lord God. Oh, wait till God hears about this. Yeah. Like somebody's going to have to go tell him. See, God God already dealt with that situation in your life where you're born. You ain't even got to it yet. You ain't even got to the next mistake. You ain't even got to the next mistake. If you think for one minute that God did not, did not go ahead of you, brother, and set parameters for that accident that was going to happen that left you exactly like it left you, let me tell you something. God had a hand in all that. And ain't nothing happened 
without his control. Everything that happened to Job, God set the parameters. And God's one put him on him. Have you considered my servant Job? You know, I was thinking about that the other day, about the Bible saying, uh, yet never have I seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. But let me tell you something, Job was forsaken. That was a righteous man. The Lord turned his face from him. Never did nothing wrong either. Job never did nothing wrong, but God did. God did turn his hand off of him, took his hands off of him. He just set a parameter that you can't kill him. But it was for God's purpose. It was for God's purpose. And God brought him back and gave him twice as much as he had before. Doesn't mean that God ever completely let him go, but he did lift the hedge. Folks, God has control of your situation. There are certain things that you're allowed to do, but God is taking you to an expected end. Listen to the Word of God when it says things like, He that hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. We don't count ourselves in because that's counting your chickens before they're hatched. But that don't mean I don't have a confidence I'm going to make it. If you hold fast, you're going to make it because he's building something in you. He's building something in me. But then again, it's not about us. It's not all about us. It's about the next person that you can reach. Other people need to come into this. They need to know what's going on up in here. Who's got that next scripture? Is there another one? Isaiah. Is there another one? Okay. Sweetheart, give me uh, Isaiah 46, 9 and 10, please. Folks, we have got to change our focus from this life to the life to come. You've got to get your focus off of this life. We've got to get our attention off of this world. The biggest reason to not watch television, it's not the pornography, which is bad. It's not the wickedness that you see, which is bad. It's not all that stuff. The biggest reason to get your face out of that television is the distraction that it brings from the people of God, from the things that they're supposed to be doing. We are not supposed to be tied up with this mess. And it does keep us. We can't help it. We're in this world. It makes us want to jump shout. Makes us want to scream and holler. Makes us want to throw stuff. It makes us want to talk to somebody about it. Who's got that scripture? Come on. Listen. He said, I'm God. There's none like me. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Wait, 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 wait. What? Declaring the end. Now listen. Hold on. Hold on. Stop. Stop. Sister Rosie. He said declaring the end from the beginning 
What's he talking about right there? Is he talking about the difference between the beginning and the ending? What's he talking about, sister? Sister Shelley, what's he talking about right there? Declaring the ending from the beginning. Here's the deal. He's sitting in the beginning. In the beginning. He's saying, here we are in the beginning. I'm getting ready to form man. And thousands of years from now, on this day, this is what the ending's going to be. He declared the, the very ending from the beginning. From him being in the beginning, he declared the ending. What did he say? Read that again. Listen to what he said. Declaring the end from the very beginning. It's just like you, just like you start the project, say, hey, ha, okay. Now, listen, there's a, it's just like this right here. I not only built this church, but I designed it. I drew it. I made the print. I did everything. <clears throat> I, I designed every part of this church. Every part of it. Everything that's in it, I laid it out, designed it before I even, before I even cleared this spot off to put it up here. I drew it. In a program I had, and I made it exactly like I wanted it. And I, and you know what? You know what that was? You know what that was? That was me declaring the end from the beginning. Amen. The end of this building project is this. But I declared it was this before I even started the clearing the land off. I I put on a piece of paper this what's going to look like. Matter of fact, I showed everybody. There it is, right there. Praise God. I showed everybody what's going to look like. Here it is. Praise God. I drew that. I put all that on just a little simple print. Amen. There's, there's the church right there. It's exactly how we did it. I made a few changes after we got to the end of it. But it, I drew the, what the, it, the building was going to look like before I built it. That's declaring the end from the beginning. See, this is the end result of this building project. Amen. When the stars fall from the sky... The sun doesn't give its light. The moon turns to blood. Amen. That's going to be the end. Amen. Because the Lord declared that from the beginning. Is that all that it said, uh, honey? Uh, woo. Huh? From ancient times, back when Sister Kathleen was born. Amen. <laughs> Pick it up. Amen. Yes, these kids. I mean, anybody over 21 is ancient. Huh? <laughs> from uh, from from ancient times. So what did he say right there? From ancient times, the things that he said, even when he was back in ancient times, he declared the things that ain't even happened yet. See what I mean? Amen. His counsel shall stand, and he shall do all his pleasure. Let me tell you something, folks. God declared everything's happening long time ago. Long time ago. And none of this caught God by surprise. There ain't nothing you doing catching him by surprise. When Jesus, when the Lord came to the garden, and he's walking around asking for Adam, calling for Adam. Adam, you know, he came in the cool of the day. How good that be? God come see you personally every day just to walk through the garden, talk with you. Adam, 
Adam, reckon he knew where he was? I hid myself, Lord, because I was naked. Huh. Naked. Is that right? Who told thee thou was naked? You don't know nothing about naked. Hast thou eaten from that tree? Yeah. It's that defective woman you give me. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? He didn't have to follow that woman either. He could have corrected her and stopped it all right there. <clears throat> now, here's part two of this message right here. Part two of this message is get ready. Get ready. All right, here we go. Sister, Sister Sandra, John 9. No, John 15 and 2. John 15 and 2. And I'm going to go to John 9. John 9 says, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Listen to this. Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work with them. Now listen. Now think about that a minute. God just declared a bunch of stuff right there when he said that. The Lord just declared all kinds of stuff. Here's a man that was blind from his birth, lived his whole life up to that point blind, and he said, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Because sin was the cause of all such things. And he said, neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents. He spent all those years blind from his birth, all of the struggles of his life, all of the stuff he had to endure, all the hardships, everything, all the way up to this point in his life. He was no young kid. He was a grown man. Just so that the Lord would come along at that particular time in the future and heal him and bring glory to the healing power of the Almighty God. Let me tell you something, folks. You think things are happenstance. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. You think things are happenstance and things are going crazy and this and that and other. Let me tell you something, church. It's a setup. It's a setup. God's going to get glory in your life. Let me tell you something. He couldn't get near the glory in your life he's getting right now if you wasn't never a heathen, if you wasn't never no count. God would not get near to the glory. But somebody had to be the guinea pig. Somebody had to be the one that was in the gutter that the Lord delivered out of darkness into his marvelous light so he could say, look, I can do that. Here's a blind man. His blindness... And his healing, all the hardship of his life, being born blind, not just happenstance, but born blind for a purpose. The Lord God, his blindness and his healing declared that God was in control and could do all things. His blindness Help declare in the Word of God that God is in control of your very life.
Listen to what he said. Verse 4. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. I want everybody to read that with me. I must work the works of him that sent me. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe you just happened into this church by some crazy coincidence? Do you believe that? Do you believe that God himself brought you here? Okay, so let's repeat that again. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Amen. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Understand here, church. As long as you're in the world, the Bible says that he was the light of the world. But then the Bible said over there in the book of Matthew, in the book of Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, said, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. The Bible said that you are the light, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. A city that's set on a hill, we are that city. We are that city that's built of the Lord. We are set on the hill. We're set up on a hill. It cannot be hid. What hill is that we're setting on? The hill of Calvary. Set on a hill cannot be hid. And he said, we don't light a candle to put it under a bushel or put it under the bed. We light it and set it on the wall so everybody in the house can see. Amen. You're a beacon of light. You are called. Let me tell you, you weren't sent here to this place of higher learning. You weren't sent to this place just to hang out. You weren't sent here, man, because it's a hangout. I know it's a lot better hangout where you hanging out, sis, because we got the hangout over here. Amen. And besides that, I got two, two, three, four, five things that you want. Amen. So I know how to get you and I know how to get you to Magnolia. What I'm saying. Amen. All I got to do is just say, dial up, uh, dial up your mama and let the kids start saying, Grandma! In the background, I said, she'll be here tonight. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. So, it ain't no accident that you're here. Jesus brought you here, but he brought you here for a purpose. He's been grooming you a long time for this church right here. He's been grooming you, bringing you along. He's been bringing you to this very place because he had a purpose. I feel the Holy Ghost all over me right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's some people that need to hear from you. There is a walk, praise God, that they need to see from you. Amen. You're here exactly where you're supposed to be. Because God Himself brought you here. It's no strange thing that you're here. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Let me move on. Okay. John 15, 2. Come on. Okay. Okay, listen, 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 listen. Every branch in me, every branch in me... 
Remember, how do we get in Jesus? How do we get in that vine? How do we graft into that vine? As many as us have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Any, any branch in me, which is right there, you've been baptized in Jesus' name. That's how you get in the vine. Any branch in me that bringeth not forth fruit, beareth not fruit, he taketh away. So let me tell you something, folks. If you ain't bearing fruit, you gotta get off the vine. Because you're not going to cumber this vine. You're not going to encumber this vine right here. You're not going to be a hindrance to this vine. You ain't going to be a hindrance to the vine of Jesus. Amen. You're either going to bear fruit or he's going to cut you off that and cast you in the fire. You're not going to be a dead branch on this vine. Dead branches got to go. Amen. All right, now this is what he says. Okay, now that's, that's the branches that bear not fruit, okay, which means not not doing any good on this vine. Go ahead. And every branch that beareth fruit, now these are the good branches, he purges it. He purges it, he gets that fruit off of there, purges it, and he cleanses it and keeps it nourished and keeps it pure so it can bring forth more fruit. Amen. So, no matter whether you, whether you're doing what you're supposed to do or not doing what you're supposed to do, either way, you're gonna hear from God on it. Amen. You ain't going to never get so fruity, God ain't going to visit you. Because you ain't going to never get too fruity for God. Amen. Okay. 2 Timothy 2. Here we go. 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Scripture we're well familiar with. The Lord brought it to the very beginning of this message today. The Bible says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soul of Jesus Christ. Now listen carefully. Here's the scripture that applies right now tonight. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. We have been chosen to do a job. We are chosen to perform a service. If you hire a tree company to come and cut your tree, and he comes over there and he gets all caught up in your wife's flowers, and he gets all caught up in, in you playing football, and maybe you over there watching a football game, and... And he's over there like, oh man, well, oh man, hey, you know, you sitting over, uh, 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 watching the game, are you doing this or doing that? And he's like, oh man, that's awesome, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch that game with you, man. You know, you're like, hey, hey, wait a minute, buddy. Uh, no, I, no, man, I mean, I didn't get, I didn't call you over here to watch the game, man. I called you over here to cut this tree. You know, don't worry about this game. Yeah, man, but that game, that's so loud over there. I mean, it's got, you know, when you got that game going on, I gotta hear that game, you know. No, man. Well, wait a minute, man, cause this guy over next door got a baseball game on it. I like that baseball too, man. I gotta check that baseball. I got some money invested in that. Yeah, you know what? Wait a minute, pal. I hired you to come do a tree service for me. And if you ain't gonna do that tree service, uh, let me just go and just uh, give you your walking papers here, man. Adios amigo. And let's, uh, let's go and get somebody else. 
Hey, you know I spoke all that fluent Spanish. See how fluent I am? I can speak that Spanish, man. I'm going to tell them, good, sis. Watch me. Amen. <laughs> but see, let me just let me just go on and uh, let you go, and I'll get somebody that can come do what they're supposed to do. Let me tell you something, folks. We have a job to do. And don't think you can't do it because God had never called you to it unless he knew you could do it. Amen. He'll never put... He'll never put you in a position that you can't handle. Now, you may not know you can handle it, but if God puts you in that position, then that right there should be enough to tell you that, yes, you can handle it, because God don't make no mistakes. All right, so, no man that warreth, we are in the midst of a war, entangleth himself in the affairs of this life. No affairs of this life need to concern you. We don't get tangled up in this mess. That's the big deal. That's the biggest difference that God wants to see in this people is let go of the affairs of this life. There's nothing about the election. There's nothing about the government, nothing about the military, nothing about all that kind of stuff that needs all your attention, and it gets your attention off of what God is trying to to get you to focus on, and that is winning souls. Yes, we do. He did give us the word so that we're not ignorant of the things, we're not ignorant of the things that are coming, but he he also at the same hand wants his people to understand, listen, you have got to get your mind back on the job at hand. I must work the works of him, not try to decipher what all's going on. It don't matter. You don't have to understand everything that's going on. All you need to understand is get ready, get ready, get ready, get other people ready, get other people ready, get other people ready, because the end is near, nearer than you know. Amen. Listen, we're all preparing like we're going to be to the, be in this thing until... We're living like we're going to be here to, to the day that the sun, the moon's turned to blood. How do you know you're going to be here till the moon turns to blood? How do you know that? How does trailer man know that? Trailer man might have went home today. Then all that worry about all that stuff and who's going to be president, what good would that do you? What good would that do you, brother? Was it any time you spent thinking about that? Was it worth it? I mean, was it, did it, did it mount to a hill of beans? I mean, did it do anything at all? But tie your mind up. It took the focus off God and put it on this world. He said, no man that warreth. We are in a war. The devil is on your trail. And let me tell you whose trail he's on. He's on more than yours. He's on the ones that ain't got what you got. He's trying to kill them and destroy them. And there's a reason, amen, that you need to be vigilant. More vigilant. I need to be more vigilant. Because they don't know what we know. How are they going to know? How will they ever know? How shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe on Him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? There ain't nobody going to trip up on this kind of stuff. There ain't nobody going to stumble into this walk. Are you kidding me? They'd have to go through 17,965 church doors and out the back before they'd ever make it to this church. Oh, she's a wild woman. Yeah. Yeah. One time, you said, hey, all man's goings are ordered to God. Hey, the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered 
by the Lord. You know what he said? You know what he came to you told? You know what he told you? You didn't know he'd been there. you just like that widow Zarephath. He said, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain you. He commanded this woman right here to feed you. But it wasn't with no chicken. Amen. And it wasn't no strange thing. Some went off in your mind and said, hey, you know what he did? He went over and said, hey, I need you to go to Chicken Express right now. You know what, honey? Let's go to Chicken Express. He came to me like that one night, in the middle of the night, 9 o'clock at night. Go to the cabin, Gatlinburg. My wife already ready for bed. I said, honey, let's go to, let's go to Gatlinburg. She said, I said, get a little bag ready. She said, what? I said, pack a little suitcase. Where are we going? She just want to make sure, first of all, we going. Where are we going? <laughs> yeah. I said, we're going to the, going to the cabin. Now? I said, right now. She's like, Okay. She went and packed the bag off and went. Y'all know the rest of the story. Right then. Had right then. Boom. Boom. Just like that. You know, that said so much to me. It said so much to me because I look back on that and I say, you know what? Man, that's a God that can make you do anything you want to and you never knew. Man, ain't no way in the world I ever knew he came told me to get up and go to Gatlinburg, man. This other guy didn't know, had no idea neither, but there was a guy who wanted to talk to me and he was living in Chattanooga. I ain't seen him in three, three years or two years. He got out and he was hunting me, man. And God told him the same thing. Hey, go to Gatlinburg. He ain't been to Gatlinburg 10 years, 20 years. He said, I ain't been here since I was a kid, he said. And his wife's the same thing, like, what? Yeah, let's go. Let's just go. We met there at a store, one thirty in the morning, in the middle of nowhere, out in the middle of the boondocks, man, a little bitty store off to the side, where I shouldn't have been at all, because my cabin was way up in the country. And I came back to go to that cabin. When I had a store a mile or two away, I came five miles back. It's the same God that told you, go to Chicken Express. All these things God just orchestrates and puts them together. You ain't even seen a, you ain't seen a, nothing yet. You just, you just keep watching, man. Everything God's got going on got a much bigger purpose, amen, than you've ever seen. And you, you'll look back on it and say, oh man, look at that. Look at that. Praise the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. I'm gonna tell you something, church. We serve an awesome God. He is, he's so far beyond finding out your mind, can't even wrap around it. But no man that warreth is in this war needs to entangle himself in the affairs of this life. This life is not for us. We have got to get past this life. We've got to get past the bondage of this life. This life is nothing but bondage. Everything about it. If you allow, look at all that goes on around you. Look at how the devil ties up your life, ties up your time, ties up things. He just keeps you bound all the time. People will come into your lives and tie you up. People will come into your lives and, 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 and give you jobs to do and things to do, and they're binding you up. How many times you ever, uh, well, you probably don't now, battle with it like you used to, I'm sure, at some point. But when you commit to a walk like this, that's when family pop into town, right when you're supposed to be in church. I had an aunt. used to go to church. Never fail. Here they come. 
pop right in. And they're like, I, I, where, where's my aunt at? Oh, well, she had several people come. and Her daughter, her daughter knew she went to our church. Her daughter popped right in. Eva? No. No, it's the aunt that's on the photo, yeah. Now, her daughter wasn't there. But Eva, she'd pop in, bring her kid, buy stuff, and, you know, knowing that she was going to go to church. Well, she didn't like her in our church to start with. But I said all that to say this. The devil will will tie you up with anything. And people will tie you up with anything. They don't even realize it. But it's it's a setup, man. It's all a setup. Amen. So usually the longer you've been in this, the less that will happen. Amen. Now, okay, what's the goal? What is the goal? We need to concentrate on following the Word of God and the goal. What's the goal? Amen. So what's the goal? Let's, let's take a look at it. Matthew 6, I mean Mark 16, 15 says, Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel unto every creature. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Why does he need you? Why does you have to have the Holy Ghost? Amen. There's many reasons why you need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost because it's a seal. Amen. That is the earnest of your inheritance until the redemption of the purpose of purchased possession. If you do not have the Holy Ghost, you will not make heaven. End of story. You cannot make it without the Holy Ghost. You must have it. If you don't have it, you better be seeking it. Because let me tell you something. If a train comes and hits you or if a spaceship falls on your head, you will not make heaven without the Holy Ghost. Except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. But another reason that you need the Holy Ghost is because that is the miracle-working power. That's the power that worketh within us. You must have the Holy Ghost because without it, you're just sounding brass and tinkling cymbals. Without it, you're just a voice in the wilderness. Without it, you ain't got no proof. Somebody grab Mark sixteen fifteen. Going down there to verse 20. Now listen, the Bible says up there, it says in 16, it says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. How does that done? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost won't cast the devil out. Amen. They shall speak with new tongues. How is that done? Holy Ghost. The Bible says the Spirit shall give them utterance. Amen. As the Spirit gives them utterance. Amen. Okay. So they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. How does that happen? The Holy Ghost. They shall, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. How does that happen? It's the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Bible says they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. How does that happen? Holy Ghost. Okay. So then you go down to verse 20 and it says what? The Lord what? And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them. And confirming the Word. See that? Confirming the Word with signs following. So it was proving that the Word was true by the signs that were following. See? They knew the Word was true because they saw the the, the sick healed. They saw the dead raised. They saw the devils cast out. They knew that the Word was true. That's the difference in this walk and other walks. 
We got the power in this walk. When you get prayed, you get your healing in this church. That's signs following, praise God. You don't have to say, well, I think he's, I think he's got the Holy Ghost. I think what he's got's right. When you come up here and I lay my hands on you, you get your healing and you walk out of here whole, praise God. Then the next time, praise God, you ain't got to guess whether or not I've got the power of God. Amen. You just felt it and saw it. You saw the evidence of it. Praise the Lamb of God. Confirming the word with signs following. This is why you are so important to this walk into into the Lord in these end time in this end time push for souls, because you have what God needs to show them. He needs to show them what He's done in your life. Amen. You're a showpiece. You're a showcase. God has to show people what He's done in your life. You are brought all this way, just like the blind man. God brought you this far. He put you here so that God could be glorified, so that God would receive glory, and He'd say, look what I've done here. <laughs> yep, that's Him. Oh, yeah, that's Kevin Quick. Yeah, look at him now. No way. Oh, yeah. Yes, Travis Hoffman. <laughs> Ain't no way, man. Ain't no way. <laughs> no way, man. There is no way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's him. Yeah. Man, there must be a God. Yeah, there is. I'm him. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Okay. Whew, come on, we have to really hurry. Okay. Uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians right quick. Brother Edward, 2 Corinthians 6, 1 through 7. Matthew 6:33 we know it. Amen. And uh uh brother Jeremiah is going to tell me what it is. Matthew 6:33. Come on. Amen. Praise God. Okay, good stuff. Now. Okay, Sister Tara, 1 Corinthians 5:7. Go. As soon as you can get it. Brother, give me that uh, 2 Corinthians. Come on. 6 1 through 7. Come on. Yes. I've heard thee in a time accepted. In the, in the day of salvation, I've secured thee. Here is the day of salvation. We're in it. Amen. Come on. Now is the accepted time. You're living in it. Right now is the accepted time. Praise God. Come on. Now is the day of salvation. Right now. Come on. <laughs> Giving no offense in anything. Don't do it. Be careful what you do. Be careful. Don't don't get no offense in anything because let me tell you something. All the eyes is all the eyes are on you. Remember, wherefore come, uh, come out among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Uh, the Bible says also says wherefore we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Hebrews twelve one. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience this race is set before us. Looking at Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So because we're surrounded by so many people, there's so many eyes on you, don't mess up. Be careful. Go ahead. 